Welcome back to another episode with Wellness with Mo. Hi, my name is Mo. And uh, this uh, this week's episode, we're, we have uh, uh, an amazing uh, uh, leader and uh, coach. Um, he's, uh, 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 he's a high-performance coach and uh, he talks a lot about growth and innovation. With us, uh, Muhammad Ali. Hi, Muhammad. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited about oh, uh, we are, meeting well, you. I'm, I'm really excited to have you. And, uh, uh, of course, it's been a very long journey to get to get you on the show. But uh, at, at last, you finally made it. And uh, uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, I, of course, I know definitely, definitely this, this episode is going to be amazing. Uh, and uh, you're gonna teach me a lot of new things I I have no idea about. I'm a I'm a mindfulness guy. I, I like to meditate and uh, and do some spiritual things. But I I, I, will, I will definitely learn from you, and I hope my uh, our listeners will, will learn. So to to get the ball ro- rolling, as we say, tell me who you are uh, and what do you do. Okay, um, uh, so again, thank you for having me and thank you for your very kind words. Um, as you said, my name is Mohammed. I am a high-performance coach. And I've been um, recently going into the high-performance coaching realm. Um, before that, I was a consultant. So I worked for companies like General Electric, BMW, Amazon, and IBM. And my field of consulting is continuous improvement. So mainly in production areas where I go and I raise their productivity, improve their quality, and reduce their costs. And I've been doing that for almost two decades now. And um, I'm originally from Egypt, but I um, grew up between Germany and Egypt. And right now, I've been living for 15 years back in Germany again. Okay. I am a father of a 15-year-old daughter. Okay. And... Um, uh, in my spare time right now, I just like to do some light activities, um, not working out as vigorously as before. Okay. What kind of I also like to like, read uh, a lot, yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you so like So right now it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right now the activities that I like to do, are, that I do mainly is walking. So um, I would walk um, near, near my house. There's a small uh, forest I would like to go for a walk at. Um, riding my bike is also something that I've started doing more and more of. Um, and as I said, reading mainly in the field of um, self-development. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing, Muhammad, because both of those things you just mentioned, uh, one of them I, I, I published uh, you know, an article in, in, uh, in the newsletter I, I do on LinkedIn talking about uh, yeah. connecting the, the reading with your um, overall health uh, in terms of uh, the physical and the mental aspects. And uh, there's a lot of studies, of course, I don't want to bore you, but uh, definitely you will know there is a lot of studies that show that um, if you read at least at least uh, like uh, 15 minutes to 20 minutes a day, it improves, of, of course, your cognitive ability. Improves, uh, it, it doesn't really, uh, it maybe lessens the uh, uh, People from having Alzheimer's diseases or you know earlier dementia, um, it 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 also uh, I mean puts a lot of uh, good good uh, good hormones inside of the, the person, it, and it teaches a lot of uh, a lot of things. It lessens uh, a lot of stress and anxiety. If 
you if you yeah. read them. So um, yeah, reading is good. It is really important. And walking, uh, I, I I'm with you. I I walk a lot uh, every day uh, from the house yeah. to the, the club. Uh, and you know, uh, I don't know how, if you have seen the the Netflix uh, document called uh, Blue Zones, uh, where they he's uh, a uh, uh, Guinness Book Record holder. It's called Dan Buret or something like that. Talks about blue zones, uh, and he mentions you know kagi, which is uh, the, the Japanese word for purpose. He went to Okinawa uh, to see how. Um, People live over a hundred years, and in different other areas. Don't want to, you know, yeah. get into it. But the one thing he found common that they all walk. Walking yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is 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 such an important uh, thing because it, you know, it improves, of course, your balance, improves everything, and and it's um, it's not working out, but it's 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 better than working out. I'm guessing this is from what uh, what I heard and what he says. Um, yeah. So I don't know what, what, what your 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 thoughts. It, so so I noticed that um, the day that I read in the morning is a much more productive way. I have way more a lot more energy, so I can resonate totally to what you're saying. So I didn't do the research; I just tried it on myself. And reading in the morning is really something that boosts my energy and gives me clarity and productivity. Um, and walking is just a very low impact exercise. Your body not, doesn't notice that you're exercising. So, um, and I think that the most important thing about walking is, um, and even if I ride the bike, I don't go high intensity. Um, it's just releasing all the experiences that you had in the day and helps you just be able to um, to process them easier. And you yes. were saying in the beginning you were a mindfulness coach and you're just, just a mindfulness coach and you do meditation. And I think if you do these two things, you're way better off than many other people who, who don't do that. So you already have a very good foundation. Yes, yes. We always say that... Uh... Uh, um, walking is is a is a, a meditation in, in itself because it, it it makes you really concentrate on the present moment where you are, the birds, the trees, the um, the noise yeah. the, well, that's around you, and I, I think also um, a lot of um, this is something I've seen common a lot a lot of successful uh, uh, business entrepreneurs that we all know about. The one thing they had in common that is that they always were walking, because walking also helps you think, helps you be uh, to be uh, you know uh, have clarity in your thoughts. If you have an issue or if you are, you're uh, facing a, a a problem at work, I think walking really uh, helps you to uh, um, you know clear things that uh, that were uh, maybe uh, clouding your judgment and so on. So yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think um, all successful people um, uh, are are always walking. So so you're on the right track, my friend. You're on the right Thank track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th there's one exercise I, I do with uh, I I train um, a certain training called um, grip on your work. So I teach people how to get and manage their work and get back control, gain back control over their work. And this one client. Um, these are 
um, highly paid, highly efficient um, management consultants in a German company. And when I go and do the training at, at their company, it's once a month, I take them out. Um, it's part actually part of the training that we take them out if the weather is good here in Germany and we go for a short meditation. Okay. And what I make them do is I make them do a silent meditation, silent walking meditation. And that's one, something that one of my coaches taught me. So we just walk. We don't say anything. We, we don't have anything in our ears. We don't talk with each other. We just walk for five minutes um, and try to be mindful about everything. So mindfulness is really um, a great uh, weapon to have in your arsenal. So, so that was uh, that's great because that was my 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 my, um, my next uh, question is that you're you're in the business of high perf- uh, um, high performance, right? Uh, yes. Uh, and 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 so um, definitely, when you go to clients, uh, um, those who who have low performance definitely are, have low uh, mental health awareness. Uh, in terms of, you know, I'm talking, of course, about the top management, not the employees, because the employees are the ones who... Um, but um, I, I, for me, I'm having an issue here in Egypt. I don't know if it's the same with you in, in Germany, is that um, after the post-COVID, uh, I haven't I have noticed, maybe I, uh, there is something, but I haven't noticed uh, uh, that there has been any kind of, like, mental health initiatives uh, for companies to improve the, the employee morale, to improve the, um, uh, the growth of the, uh, the individual, to make them more vulnerable, to make them more open. I don't know if that's the same in Germany. Um, and um, the question, part of the, the second question is uh, definitely, you know, part of um, your issues or your problems, I, I'm guessing, of course, this is just a guessing, you're going to correct me. Is that when you find someone, uh, some company that has low performance, it's most probably that the employees are not motivated, so they they don't feel uh, valued, they don't feel uh, yeah. like long, they don't feel so. What what advice do you give do you give the companies in terms of of course of work and in terms of uh, their mental health? Well, um, as you said, I, I haven't noticed also that they focus on uh, on mental health after the the. the the, the COVID crisis, um, there was, from my perspective, no, um, uh, yeah, n- n- no focus on it. In fact, I see that we are going from one crisis to the other. So first, it was the pandemic, um, then it was the Ukraine war. Um, now it's the recession. So I think um, uh, we we are not not set up very well, and people need to be more mindful again. And one of the things that I advocate is stop watching the news, but that's uh, that's another topic. Um, and I think what companies do, and, and I really like what you said about the companies that people are not engaged and disengaged. And this is also actually an overlap to what I used to do before as a continuous improvement coach and consultant. Because when we go into the organization, we find that the processes are not aligned to your company's, company's vision. And your employees are disengaged from you as a company and disengaged from the processes. And the thing that I really would advocate is that managers go out and seek um, the dialogue with their employees and try to understand what the issues they have. Um, I I took a short detour. I accepted a, 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 um, 
a project where I um, lead a manufacturing a site. And the manufacturing side is something that I noticed is that people are generally disengaged. They don't participate in continuous improvement. They are not really interested in the company. And the, the one change that I started noticing is that they start to trust me more because I'm, despite being their manager, I spend a lot of time in production with them, talking with them, telling them what problems we have, telling them what challenges we are facing. So I'm communicating a lot. And that's the benefit that I have for uh, in comparison to other production, uh, let's say leaders, I have a strong foundation and change management. So really communicating with people. And um, people are disengaged generally because they were let down in the past very much. A lot of people were let down. And what I advocate, and that's why also one of the reasons why I switched to high-performance coaching, I advocate for every employee to take ownership of their own life and take ownership of their own career. So if I tell, I, tell, I would tell the um, companies, seek the diet. And what I tell an employee is you are responsible on your own for your, for your own life. And this gives the employee power again over himself or herself. So these would be the, the two messages that I give. Engage people, communicate with them, get them back on on, on track with, with communication. And for the employee, take back ownership of your own life and your own career. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Actually, I, I actually yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I, I mean, I did a, a video uh, on, on LinkedIn. No, I can't remember which social media. And, you know, I, I, I give... Four, four, four simple solutions. Any mm -hmm. company can apply them at any, any, any place, anywhere, uh, place in the world. Very cost effective. No, no cost. Number one, I always say that you need to have uh, an open discussion with your employees, like you know, a monthly discussion where uh, you know they sit in a, in a circle and um, everyone discusses openly. With no fear, with no retribution, with no uh, punishment, with nothing, what what they're feeling, how vulnerable they are, um, and the management should be in that circle, and they should yeah. be open to criticism, open to what whatever the the employees, uh, because at the end of the day, their the the growth of the company, the uh, the success of the company goes back to the human uh, aspect. If, if if the human aspect is unhappy, the company might be successful for a while until a time where it drops and it dies and it goes away yeah. uh, very well. And it's what's interesting. Oh, yeah, I think you're spot on with the four points and um, having an open discussion with, with management and employees to uh, have time off without interruptions without social media to have a place where you can uh, really sit in silence and, and meditate and the last point i think think it's also not a matter of cost um because having a training about resilience or mindfulness and helping people with their mental health that's actually a cost avoidance um measure that they the organizations can do so i think that they are really important things and what some of the german companies i've worked for they had programs to 
help p- their employees be more resilient. Um, so I think that's a very good practice. Yeah, and uh, and resilience uh, has been uh, you know like a, 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 a an important topic uh, to be discussed uh, because uh, it is not just you know one group of people that are resilient. Resilience is there, but it is if people just tend not to, tend to, to not to use it as a skill. Um, yeah, and, and you know. Um, a lot of people would come up and tell me, you know, you're very resilient, and you, you know, you overcome a lot, of, uh, a lot of issues, and definitely yeah. the other side, the, the same thing. But it's, it's, you know, I think after a while, becoming resilient and understanding the world and understanding whatever challenges uh, are are coming uh, your way, um, it's the way you choose to to overcome it. It that's how it, uh, you become. Uh, more resilient and you know you know issues won't really matter that much exactly um, yeah so tell me um becoming a high performance coach how did you know how did mindfulness uh, play a role on, on you uh, as a personal uh, as a person uh, not, your, not um, your yeah well um the, the thing um i've been through the last three years, three and a half years, I went back to being a freelance consultant again or freelancer again. And I came to the part of high performance in a very, let's say, it was coincidence uh, when, when they called me to, let's say, um, I got enrolled at, and I was coached by a high performance coach. So um, my first interaction with high performance coaching was really through a high performance coach. And it was um, at that time, the best investment that I had, because every investment I did in coaching was necessary, yes, but the um, the the sequence was the wrong way. And mindfulness and, and high-performance coaching helped me to start the journey inwards. And the journey inwards is what made all the difference. So in this one year since I've done this high-performance coaching, as you say, I've become more mindful and I'm building mindfulness practice into my daily routines so that I can perform better and and be um, and have, mindfulness is the key to that. So there are some practices that I do where I really sit down between meetings or between calls and I just close my eyes and I just take a couple of breaths, think a bit, bit reflect on the past meeting project on the next meeting so um and and my journey with meditation started about six months ago um yeah almost six months ago which also was another game changer so high performance is is really about the inward journey um and once you've settled that the outward journey becomes much more easy okay and and uh, before we started recording uh, I, I was going to ask you this. So, what's the difference between peak performance and high performance? I mean, well, as a coach. yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what peak, uh, what what your colleague me or the 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 gentleman means with peak performance. Um, well, my de- or the definition that we um, we like to to say about high performance, um, it's not about the hustle. It's not about the grind. It's about having high performance in every aspect of your life. So it's not just your professional career, but it's also your personal career, your relationships with others, 
And these are all parts of the high-performance coaching. So in high-performance coaching, I don't go and tell you, okay, what is the challenge that you have? What do you want to achieve? What is the next step that you're going to take? What are the problems that you have? These This kind of coaching is um, legitimate and it has its place. But high-performance coaching is about achieving high performance in every aspect in life while, and that's a very important one, having an experience joy again in what you do and in your life. I just, when I started this current project, the operations director who hired me told me, Mohammed, I don't have fun anymore. It's not fun anymore what's happening. And um, even though I'm managing um, his production area, um, I told him, okay, let's, let's do some high performance coaching. And I started coaching him on high performance and, and the, the high performance coaching, it's based on the high performance Institute. Um, we have a curriculum. We go through six habits, high performance habits, um, that help you become the best version of yourself in your professional life, in your personal life, in your career, in your relationships while again experience joy and having fun again at the things that you used to do okay that's amazing and uh, um you know a, a lot of people uh, when they see us or talk to us you always have this group of people who are uh, very negative you know uh, and don't understand what you what you're trying to do in your your life i mean yeah. i i have them uh, all all the time and uh, yeah uh, Sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, as a human being, of course, I, I, I get upset. And other times I say, okay, sure, whatever you believe in, uh, yeah. it's fine with you, uh, with me. Uh, I, I will yeah. prove you wrong in, in the future. And then you will come in the future and say and tell me, you know, you're very successful. I always knew that you're going to become a successful person. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always like to ask these questions uh, to my guests. So, uh, do you have a, a group of yeah, well, negative, yeah, yeah, who don't support me or who don't, yeah? There is, of course, this type of, of let's say this this group of people. But I think we need to dissect this group of people, or or let's say, um, um, stratify it a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, in this group of people, you will have people who, let's say, some members of my family mm. um, from I, the older generation, they I want ask. me to go and get a job, yes. Uh, yes. marry a nice girl, have a car, have a house, and that's what that's their criteria of success. And so they don't understand, or or they haven't really understood what the real new economy is about. Um, so when some of them told me, Mohammed, I don't think that you're going to be successful. I just smiled and accepted them and respected them because they are, uh, let's say, the elders of the tribe. I respected what they say. I, I respected them. Um, and I didn't think about it. And I continued doing my thing. Yeah. Then you have another group of people who, whatever you do, they're always going to criticize you. Yes. So... These are the people that you don't listen to. Yeah, just try to wave and smile. Um, And then you have maybe another set of people who really don't understand what you want to achieve. Um, uh, And sometimes it's a reflection of of them having given up on their dreams. 
So yes. why Mohammed is coming up and going after his dreams? Let's just yes. stay in line and let's all do the live our miserable life together. Yes. Um, so I did, did have and face these people. And one important thing is that um, I have a lot of friends uh, from my childhood. And I don't think that they would recognize the person I, I am today. They have this image of me in my past, but they have not been on my journey, in my struggles, in my development. So I've developed into maybe for them another person. And sometimes when their reality and vision of who I am doesn't match to the person I've become, there's also friction. Yes. So the one thing that I learned is don't get discouraged. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, meet people where they are at. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really important because you no, know, you have two two teams, and I always talk about this a lot on LinkedIn, and uh, uh, because of of what I do and my practices and and who I am on on a personal level, I there's one team that total strangers, they have you know nothing uh, to offer you except advice, uh, except good connections, except uh, good ideas. I mean. Uh, Every day I meet new people uh, and new coaches, and they just give me like you know very valuable advice with with without any material, without money, just tell, telling me do this, do that, do this, and this really really uh, resonates with me because m most of them really support me and you know clap and say yeah you're doing a good job and and keep at it. So so I feel that I you know I, I'm on the right track. The other group of people, like you were saying, are those who gave up on their dreams to uh, uh, to just be where they want to be. It's okay with them. I mean, I I, I accept that, that that's that's their dream. Uh, I accept that they might not be able to go after their dream. Uh, that's okay for 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 them. But uh, for me, uh, I would risk everything and do everything, uh, knowing yeah. that. You know, we we both have families, so so we we are always risking our, uh, our our livelihood. But there's always a vision, you know, in your mind. You know where you want to be, and uh, you know what the steps are, and you know that it is not you know uh, full of roses and petals and and it's easy. It's it's hard work, and you no, know, I always tell even my my parents. And my parents are old fashioned, of course, you know. They are the ones, you know, you have to have a job and marry the girl. But they don't understand how, how it's much difficult to do what you want to do today in, in this world where all these crises we are facing, recessions, recession in your, in your, at your end, recession in my end, and, uh, and weakness in, 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 my in the currency here in Egypt. So, and everything's going high, 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 high. So, uh, but at the same time, I I I, I don't lose, lose hope. I you know because uh, part of being resilient is never to lose hope. Is that there is always something brighter the next uh, the next day, um, even if today was a you know uh, not not such a good day. So it's it's a good yeah. okay thing. Yeah. yeah. So so um, the word resilience used to trigger me. Yeah. So whenever I heard the word resilience, I would get really upset. Because I was in a, I worked for a company that um, there was a lot of issues and I had to face a lot of challenges 
um, and a lot of bully bullying even. And then I saw this um, uh, yeah flyer about the resilience training, and I said, okay, so why do you want to train ten thousand employees about resilience? Why don't you just train one hundred managers on being good human beings, and and then you you wouldn't have this problem. But going back to the point, resilience is also a part of ownership. Uh, at that time, I was in a victimhood or in a victim mentality, and from from that point, I developed into a person where I say everything that I have I am right now is my own responsibility so I'm developing so I developed this resilience muscle and I think it's very important to be resilient and and to to be strong in the challenges that we're facing yes yes and yeah the, the problem is you know uh, I think I can relate to to you um, and you know, I, I worked in uh, Orange Egypt, it's a big telecom company here in, e in Egypt. I worked there for 15 years and I, you know, I, I got to a point that I needed to change. And I always advocate uh, for people uh, who stay in their comfort zone forever and don't want to take a risk. And I did that because I needed to know what's, what's new, what's, what's out there. I mean, you know, yeah. you're staying in one place, everything's fine. I have uh, a, yeah. a reasonable salary. Uh, I have uh, good benefits. Uh, I'm considered uh, uh, one of the old uh, old people, the first people who did the uh, who, who set up the company. So yeah. yeah, that's great. But but what what happens? Where will I be in like I I I, I thought where will I be in like ten years, twenty years? Yeah, will I be in the same company. Um, and um, the first chance I got to, to leave, I, I, I left. I didn't yeah. have a job. I, I didn't find any job after that, but I, I had a plan. And, and sometimes, of course, you know, plans don't really go as planned. But I'm a risk, pers risk person, a risk taker, yeah. you know. And I, I, don't, I don't think uh, to pursue your dream you can do it without taking a risk. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's there. You have to take the risk. You have to be you have to be brave enough, and you, ha you have to be brave enough and say yes. I took the risk. I failed. I learned. I'm not going to do this, yeah. this mistake again. Maybe I'm going to do a different mistake. In a, in a yeah. Different, yeah. And and I'm sure that you said no to a lot of good positions and job offers along the way. I did. I did. I did. But also a, lo a lot of uh, you know. Um, what happened in COVID, um, for me, for example, is that I re realized two things. First, age is not a, is, is just a, a number. Uh, however, in, here yeah. in the East, it's considered uh, something really. You know, if you're above forty, it's considered that you're you're re you're on your way to retire. Retirement, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, of course. Uh, finding a position that fits me is, is really difficult. Um, yeah. And um, I didn't find any, you know, any any kind of uh, replies from any companies. So I decided, okay, maybe that's a sign from, from God uh, or, or, or uh, that I need to do this yeah. myself. I need to be on my own. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people, a lot of good people told me that you are not cut, cut out to be uh, an employee. You know, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not a bird to be caged in. <laughs> yeah, you need free, freedom. I, I'm guessing the same with you. I, I think we 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 are people who 
like to have our freedom to shine better. Uh, and uh, I, I think this is, this is what yeah. we are. I cannot, uh, to me, I cannot imagine even if I got a job today, be sitting in a cubicle just doing, you know, uh, uh, normal work, everyday work without moving. I mean, I'm a guy who yeah. likes to talk and, you know, that, that, that's yeah. true life. So, yeah, uh, I, I can totally relate to that. And um, I remember someone, somebody once telling me, um, she was talking with me, asking me about um, my job. So I told her about my job. And then she asked me about my time. Um, so I have two periods of freelancing or, or being independent in my life. One was before I joined BMW and one was after I left BMW. So, um, um, uh, so she asked me about that. And then she asked me about my time as a freelancer and she gave me that feedback and she told me, Mohammed, when you were talking about your day job, you were very competent about it. But when you talked about being a freelancer and the adventure that you have, and it's really the adventure that lit up your, your soul and your spirit, and um, you have to go back to become a freelancer again. You yeah. put yourself, and she told me, 2020 is the time where you have to become a, pre a freelancer. So yeah. she gave me three three months. Uh, so it was like like a co um, um, it, yeah. She she gave me three years to 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 prepare myself for that endeavor. And ironically, in 2020, in the in the beginning of the coronavirus uh, or the pandemic, I left my well-paying, uh, well-respected corporate job and became a freelancer or a independent consultant. And now. Um, three years later, I'm I'm where I am right now, the high performance coach, coaching yeah. individuals, and and I just couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really ama amazing uh, journey, uh, and I I think uh, uh, our our journey never never ends. Uh, I mean, no, we'll, yeah, we we, we uh, it's a continuous uh, <laughs> improvement and uh, continuous you know success and failure, success and failure. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and you know, um, before we had the call, uh, I, I was writing like an, an article. I, I just watched the movie, you know, Air about Air Jordan. I, I love, yeah. I love Nike. I mm -hmm. love Air. I love Michael Jordan. He's one of my yeah. for me in terms of basketball. If I'm if I'm saying who's the goat of basketball, I would say Michael yeah. Jordan. I'm not. Okay. I'm not a LeBron James or. Uh, or uh, the other superstars. I mean, uh, we have respect. Yeah. But, you know, the, the story is nice, but what really caught my eye is the tagline of Nike. Just do it. Yeah. So simple, but no, yeah. it, it really gets into your heart. Just do it. So yeah. today, if I, if I meet someone who, who is, uh, you know, wants to do his dream, just saying, I want to become something like that, like rich, or you know, I want to be like you, or uh, what are the steps? How can I become like you quickly? Yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, I would answer and say, you know, you have to just do it. You have to just do it. Yeah. You cannot keep on saying I want to do something, yeah. or it's too difficult for me to do it without you doing it. You have to take the steps. You have to be brave enough. It's, it, it is not yeah. a not an easy uh, job or any of us uh, either being uh, you know you're like yourself a high performance coach uh, or even myself yeah. as 
you know, uh, mindfulness coach uh, and, uh, you know, talking about resilience, it's it's not an easy thing. Well, I mean, it's, we don't have everything easy. We, we go after people. We go after our clients. We, we try and look after. So so it's always that that is always at the back of the, my mind. So my question to you is younger people come up to you here, here in Egypt or in Germany and who want to go into the, your line of work. What advice would you give them? Um, that's a very good question. Um, what, one thing I find young people focusing on um, is the the technical solution. Mm. So a lot of young people focus really on technically being very competent, and that's also very important. Uh, but whatever we do right now, um, so I'm 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 a mechanical engineer by by trade, and I chose mechanical engineering because I'm also an introvert, and uh, I just wanted to work with machines, and I didn't want to do I have to do anything with human beings, uh, <laughs> but then um, I quickly discovered that it doesn't matter anything I do I have to interact with a person I have to have to interact with another human being, and ironically I'm. As an introvert, I deliver trainings. I go out do um, uh, I go out and do coaching sessions. I go out to reach out to strangers and talk to them and try to sell them my product and things like that. So, <clears throat> the technical solution or the technical aspect is very important. But what is more important is um, how you're able to communicate with people and how you're making people feel about themselves. So if I'm telling and, and uh, it's not a hypothetical it's i have told told this to many younger people focus on the interaction between you and the other human being um the other thing that i say i find very important is give it time mm. don't think there, there's no get rich quick scheme so in we are built eight billion people on the planet so there is going to be statistically somebody who made it quickly, but that's a very, very, very small minority. Mm. And for the rest of us, it's the long game. It's really putting in the effort consistent, consistently. So first of all, don't say you're going to be, let's say rich in five years, um, in one year, mm. put this. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I got you. You're back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Focus. Focus on the interaction with the human being. Focus okay. on adding value and serving and being of service of other human beings, and look on the long term. All right. And in the long term, you will make it. Okay, that, that's that's amazing advice. So you know, the next part is is I I thought about it clearly. Um, when you when you enter a company, do the management uh, disregard your uh, uh, your uh, recommendation and say that it's it's yes, not... of course they do. Okay, so <laughs> of course so, they do. And how how would you try and convince them? That is that is it's good for them in in, in terms of uh, 
you know, being mindful that they, they might be a little bit, uh, 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 don't want to take the decision or don't have the enough budget to do what you are asking. Yeah. So uh, yeah. how, do you, how do you overcome these obstacles? Because I'm guessing so, you find these obstacles in different yeah. areas. Yeah, the thing is, is first of first, um, I try to agitate the pain. So in terms of that's, that's interesting, agitate. Pain. Yeah, I thought you were going to yeah. say agitate the client. So so no. <laughs> you're going to agitate the client until he agrees. To, to, to no, no. <laughs> okay. and so so in in one workshop, I was working with very experienced um, employees who yeah. who. And the way I try, try to get them to move, um, and necessity is one of the, the, the high performance habits. Um, to one way that I try to get them to move is I ask them, okay, when you come in in the morning to work, how do you feel? Mm. When you go back from work in the afternoon, how do you feel? Do you yeah. play with your kids? Do you spend time with your wife or your spouse? What is it? And I, I, and I, took this path so i made it personal because nobody wants to go to work have a uh, have a have a have a day that sucks and go uh, sucks the energy out of them and go back home with no energy to their family and and this is one one thing that i started working on um so it's really try to get it on a human level the other one is um i don't make it my idea so even if it's my idea, I try to get people to, not to think, but get people to make it their idea. Okay. So I had this one client where I gave them the idea in the beginning. I told them, do it like that. They didn't like it. And they said, no, you can't do it. And that's why I said, of course, they are going to do that. Because if, if, you, if I give you advice about something that you are more efficient at, more knowledgeable at, you will give me 10 reasons legitimate reasons why it doesn't work. So what I did that day is that I kept asking them questions for two hours. I kept wow. asking them questions. Uh, every time they get to a solution, I, I take it back to the criteria that they identified. Okay, does it fit the criteria? And yeah. for two hours, I didn't, I didn't say anything. And they went back to the original mm. solution that I had proposed. But this time, they came to that solution and it was their baby. And the next day, they had started implementing it. So um, I don't tell people what to do or how to do it. I try to, try to give them a framework to make things transparent. I ask a lot of questions to get them to, the, to, to where they are. And I work on, on, on the emotional level of, okay, if I don't change things now, how is the future going to be? Okay. Uh, that's that's really uh, that's really amazing because uh, at the end uh, at, at the end of the day you you want to um, reach the, the the person on an emotional part and uh, exactly yeah. it, I, I'm guessing you use a lot of emotional intelligence or uh, emotional intelligence techniques to help you to get to that area. Yeah, well, I, I I haven't learned much about it, or I haven't, let's say, learned a lot about emotional intelligence in a textbook, uh, but I had a lot of change management training and change management application. Yes. Um, um, and from, from delivering training, I started to try to 
read pe- read the crowd. So I try to understand, okay, are they engaged? Are they not engaged? So I get to a point where I can, in a way, understand human emotions. And, um, and I always ask myself, okay, what is the person thinking about right now? And usually they are afraid of change. They are afraid something is going to take away, taken away from them. They're afraid to have to do something new that they are not competent in doing. So these are fears that are legitimate that we need to address. And, and one of the things that I learned at GE, it sounds very simple, but it's very effective. I have to tell you what's in it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really simple. That's really simple. The, yeah. the problem is, uh, you know, we, are, we as human beings uh, are designed to, uh, to be afraid of things, of change. Yeah. You know, even from a long time ago, you know, when they were in the caves and they, they're afraid to go outside, maybe they get eaten by a dinosaur and later on it, it, th- things uh, yeah. or so the, the fear is uh, the fear is the first thing uh, the brain would send the message to to the person uh, because uh, without that, of course, um, if there's a fire and there's no fear, uh, we would stand in it and get burned. I mean, so so it has its exactly. advantages and disadvantages. So the disadvantages advantages I always see is that in general people are always afraid of change, whatever it is, even uh, yeah. on. on on the level of the process of the of work, uh, improving the process, it's always uh, uh, they are always afraid to change. I mean, very simple example. I mean, it's not it's not really the workshop that I attended about uh, LinkedIn a week ago. Or so we were several yeah. people. So, um, so because of my line of work, I can sometimes read people's body language and and yeah. understand who is you know. Willing to change and who uh, finds it a bit, you know, difficult to to do it or take the risk. So, so I'm guessing yeah. out of those, uh, out of the, that group of people, like two or three people are 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 not able to 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 take the first step. It's difficult for them. Yeah. They are afraid, um, and especially when we talk about content creation uh, on a LinkedIn, you know, you are putting all yourself out there in front of the whole yeah. world. So if you yeah. uh, write something that's uh, no uh, not really content value or it's not uh, strong, you're afraid that people might you know uh, criticize you that it's not you know of any good. And and to me, I don't. Uh, for me, I don't care if I put a content that's yeah. weak. It's there. I learn. I learn from it that it's weak. If you yeah, go if ahead. you put it to comparison, how many times did people praise you? And give you positive feedback and how many times did people give you negative feedback if you can put it into relation what would it be well uh right right now it's it's more um, positive and uh, yeah not, not not negative maybe because i changed the way i write i, I polished it up i made it more okay, yeah. uh, um you know not very weak language or or just liking something, I, I, I try and, 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 you know, add a, a bit of my perspective in, in each comment. And actually, yeah. now, now I look at people that, that come on the feed and, you know, I choose certain people that I like the discussion, read it, and then add my, uh, my opinion. Yeah. So I find that really, uh, it's really good because it's, it, it, 
you know, it helps me connect to that person and that person uh, can see it. I mean, yesterday there was this doctor, uh, she was complaining, very simple question. She was complaining about communication style when you communicate to someone uh, a, a, an idea and he replies or she replies with irrelevant information and thinks that's a diplomatic, you know, a diplomatic yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was really interesting uh, because, you know, uh, for me, I, I told her it was, you know, one thing, they have bad communication skills. Second thing, they have very bad listening skills. Third thing, mm -hmm. they need, uh, you need to talk about them on an emotional intelligence level. So, you know, emotional intelligence is always on, on, on my yeah. mind. And, and so th th this is how things are, are done. But the people with me, those people who I know won't change will find it a bit, you know, difficult to jump in and add. Yeah. I, I believe everyone has something to add. I mean, not yes. not everyone is, you know, empty, empty in their head or don't read. I definitely have some valuable information. Yeah. So, so that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can really understand it. And, and I think from my perspective, I think I've had, way more positive feedback than the negative feedback and yeah. even when i do a training uh session and i get a feedback uh from it so in the beginning when i started doing feedback maybe it was more negative than positive because i was just starting in my life but yeah. now it's more positive than negative and i try to put a focus on the negative uh, on the positive not on the negative um and it's um yeah it's, it's the journey exactly exactly so, Mohammed, uh, uh, at the end of the show, I always ask my guests, uh, can you give me one uh, word or phrase that describes you? Um, I, I wrote a, a word down that describes me, but I would like to give it some context. So sure. the word that I wrote down was simplicity. Okay. I, I am a very... I like I love simplicity. Even one of my friend uh, pokes fun of me that when I cook, I cook really with minimum ingredients. Mm. It just I make it as straightforward as possible. So simplicity is also something that um, um, my consulting style is focused on simplicity okay. and taking complexity out of our process. So that's one word. It's going to be simplicity. Um, another word would be uh, focus on basics. Okay. Because yeah. nobody nobody focuses on basics. Everybody's fo focusing on looking at the flashy things. Mm. And um, to go back to to your uh, example about uh, basketball, uh, one of the things that I read uh, heard about Kobe Bryant is that he said to to a journalist. Um, I'm one of the greatest because what I'm, I'm para, uh, paraphrasing right now, but I'm one of the greatest because I focus on the basics. Hmm. So he would wake up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, do a do training session. And in this training session, he would really focus on the basics and yes. whatever, every time I talk with somebody of my clients, they, they reflect on what I ask them. And tell me, yes, it's a very simple thing, but I haven't thought about it. Exactly. And it's very effective. Yeah, yeah. 
that's amazing. That's really amazing. Um, يعني, uh, I, I, I think uh, focus, focusing on the simple things usually uh, yeah. uh, gets the, the result done. We always want to focus on the more complex things. And it's and any problem in the world, if you just focus on the simple part of it, uh, it's always, uh, you are always able to uh, solve it. Yeah. So, um, finally, I want to know from you, what is your dream? Um, that that's a good that's a very good question and I also um something that that uh, that I'm thinking about I'm not going to say yeah, let's say my dream about having a big house and doing this and having a car and a boat and that that's not that's something that might come eventually but um, um, if I may may I share a short story yeah yeah go ahead go ahead so um uh, one of my coaches asked me Mohammed what is your ideal life And I told her, Natalie, I want to live in a five uh, in a in a penthouse apartment in Munich. I want my daughter to be staying with me. Lancer, not Lancer, my Land Rover Discovery in the garage, and a BMW M2. And I want this, and I want that, and I want my daughter to be with me, living with me. I'll take care of her. I cook for her. We eat together. We I help her with her studies. Um, okay, long story. Fast forward. Um, I was living in a twenty square foot. apartment in in munich that was after my divorce um it was 20 square feet not big um my daughter had to stay with me for four weeks um and in these four weeks it was really a very tight space yeah okay. and the tight space in this tight space i helped her with her homework i helped her with her studies i was cooking for her we were having fun together and then i thought of the experience that i had is to take care of my family to take care of my daughter And it was a way, a, such a profound experience. So we would be sitting on the dinner table. She was uh, online schooled uh, during the pandemic. I was doing my remote job. Um, and she would ask me, uh, the teacher would ask her, okay, what is the, um, uh, what is the uh, capital city of, uh, of Sweden or whatever. Uh, and I would just look at her and tell her the answer. <laughs> so we would... I was really helping her with her whole work and her schoolwork. And the, the thing is, I thought about it. I had the experience that I wanted. I didn't have it in a penthouse apartment. I did act, in fact, not having a penthouse apartment led to a much more profound experience. So right. it's the human experience that I want. Uh, and and uh, so that's the more the experience that I focus on in, in my dreams. And um, for me, what I want to do is I want to, My dream is to help as many people as I can to live okay. a um, more fulfilling, less miserable life because there is no need for that misery that we are experiencing. And I want to be a force for people to help them really um, make the best out of what they have right now. Because from that story, I was extremely happy in that 20-foot square, square meter apartment taking care of my daughter, even... We are, I was sleeping on the couch and she was sleeping on the bed and we were all cramped up in a space, but the experience uh, made it much more profound. And, and I wanted to help people realize that their happiness and that their excitement and their, their content or being content is something that they can have internally. And through high performance coaching, I want to get them there. Okay, that's, uh, that's, that's really... Really, uh, really amazing, Hamad. Um, uh, thank you for a wonderful uh, interview. Uh, 
Thank I you. Learned, I learned a lot of things uh, on the way. Uh, I hope it was as interesting as it was for me because I mean, you're you're an amazing person uh, to listen to your stories. Thank and, you. Uh, and uh, I appreciate. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your kind words very much. And again, also, I thank you for having me on your on your on your podcast or on your show. Thank you for um, the amazing time that we had right now. I really enjoyed talking with you. I also learned a lot from you. And I'm looking forward to interacting with you more and more. So I saw your post today about just... Um, uh, so I'm, I'm also looking forward to learning more and more from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mohammed, for your time. And uh, hopefully you. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work soon together. Uh, hopefully, yes. Looking forward to it. Uh, th thank you all for listening to the, for today's episode. I hope uh, it was as interesting as it was for me. Uh, until uh, next uh, next week. Uh...